Well, good afternoon to you all. It's Ian Stewart here. You're on Triple H 100.1 FM. This programme is Rotary Matters, a programme in which we take a look at some of the many worthy courses and the projects and the people who make up a Rotary. So today on Rotary Matters, we're going to take a close look at some of the problems faced by men in our community. Not just the problems, but a creative way of dealing with them. And it's a concept called mentoring men. Now let me say straight away that the ideas here will interest everyone listening, not just men. After all, we all have fathers, some of us have brothers, sons, uncles, men, friends and husband. But let me start off with some definitions. Now, a mentee is a man who seeks to improve their life with support from their mentor. And a mentor is a man who volunteers their time to meet, listen and help a mentee in his life journey. Mentoring Men, the organisation, is a registered Australian charity providing free life mentoring programmes for adult men in the community. So all men, regardless of their background or their beliefs, are welcome to engage in the programme. All the mentors are volunteers and they bring different skills and knowledge to positively impact the well-being of Australian men. Now, mentoring men helps adult men experiencing distress or a sense of helplessness by providing free one-on-one -on -one life mentoring, enabling them to adjust and transition to a better and a normal quality of life. Benefits of the mentoring program are many and include um, overcoming loneliness and isolation, finding hope for the future, finding meaning to life and purpose, gaining the ability to cope with distress which may be caused by relationship and other life challenges. Um, it could include creating new relationships, acting on mental health issues, improving confidence and self-esteem and feeling connected with others and gaining the ability to move forward in areas where men may feel stuck. So there really is a lot to it. Now, in addition to supporting one-on-one -on -one life mentoring relationships, they also host other activities aimed at encouraging social connections between men, including men's walk and talk events, men's breakfasts, men's forums, webinars and other social events. So today, on the programme Rotary Matters, which is what you're listening to now, we meet John Millam from Mentoring Men to explain more about this valuable community service. It's a great story, it's really all very timely, and I'm sure you'll enjoy meeting John, so please stay tuned. This is Ian Stewart, you're on Triple H 100.1 FM, and the programme is Rotary Matters. Look, but just in case you haven't heard us before, the idea of the show is to bring you an interview to explain and provide insight into a specific Rotary cause or project. We call it Rotary Matters because, as you'll find out, Rotary does impact many lives locally and around the world. So each week on the programme, we might be hearing from an Australian organising, so we say, a leprosy clinic in India, or an Australian building a school in Nepal. Close to home, we might look at Rotarians running a webinar on climate and peace, funding insulin pumps, for disadvantaged children, hosting an overseas student, removing graffiti, or in running a shelter for women who have suffered domestic violence. So, a quick refresher about Rotary. It's a worldwide organisation, been going for over 110 years. Around the world, 1.2 million members, 36,000 Rotary clubs, 220 countries. 
Here in Australia, we've got 25,000 Rotarians and 1,100 clubs. Now, most Rotary clubs meet weekly in person, or nowadays it could be virtually, and they devote their time to making the world a better place through a range of very worthy community service projects. So you're going to find Rotarians <coughs> doing things like fighting diseases, such as polio and malaria, providing clean water, sanitation and hygiene, saving mothers and children, supporting education, growing local economies, promoting peace and supporting the environment. It's all really good stuff. And as I said a few moments ago, we're talking about mentoring men with their spokesman, John Millam. Don't go away. Stay tuned and be back soon. Hollies there with their big hit from way back in 1965, Look Through Any Window. This is uh, Triple H, 100.1 FM. The programme is Rotary Matters. My name is Ian Stewart, and I was talking recently with John Millam uh, from Mentoring Men. It's a very inspiring story, and I spoke to John by Zoom. Well, John Millam, thank you very much indeed for joining us on Rotary Matters. Um, we're here to learn about mentoring men. John Millam... Firstly, what exactly is Mentoring Men? Tell us about it, please. Well, yeah, firstly, thank you, Ian, and it's fabulous to be uh, on uh, this little discussion this morning. Thank you for inviting me. And Mentoring Men, it's a, well, firstly, it's a passion project of mine. Um, when I discovered Mentoring Men and began mentoring um, after the having a, a wonderful discussion with our founder, Ian Westmoreland, who is charismatic in his enthusiasm. Basically, I it was exactly what I was looking for over a, a fairly long period of time. Simply put, Mentoring Men is an organisation that uh, is filling a gap for supporting men through peer support and lived experience. Now, they're sort of terms that are, you, know, you may not have heard or you've, you've heard thrown around a bit. Essentially, peer support and, and lived experience are just everyday blokes who have had their own experiences, their own uh, trials and challenges, have come through and uh, have a desire to give back. And they would like to give back by backing up another bloke, just help him, you know, provide that bit of support while he um, navigates some of life's challenges. So was there, was there anything prior to Mentoring Men that sought to cover the same field it's interesting i um there's been men men work you know men the men's issues field right men's support men's work they call it sometimes personal development for men has been it's been there it's been sort of in and around and i you know i've been you know part of it myself in some ways for a number of years so maybe 25 years it's been a feature but it's been very it's been a subculture it's been not well known it hasn't been supported by any of the the big institutions in the country um it's filled a niche uh and it hasn't been part of the systemic response to any particular challenges so it's not never been included in the health sector it's always been a personal development or um you know, alternative lifestyle kind of solution. Now, uh, given the the last 10 years, uh, say, if we look at the statistics around male suicide, they have steadily increased over the last 10 years. So, and in recent years, it's been getting alarming. 
in terms of what we're seeing. So now suicide for the population may be double. Yeah, so suicide for the population may be double the road toll. And you, we all know how much effort and support, uh, both from private enterprise and the government, uh, the road to- lowering the road road toll has. So it's interesting. Only now are we looking at addressing systemically some of the some of the challenges of, of reducing uh, suicide overall, and in particular because three quarters of all suicide is men, um, in particular men, uh, male suicide. And, and John. And, and, well, why has suicidality or suicide actually increased in recent years? Yeah, um, yeah well, yeah, look, that, that is a huge question. And uh, the reason I chuckle, I, you know, it's it's a serious question, but uh, I chuckle because, uh, you know, I've been in rooms with, um, you know, the with doctors and, and um, PhDs and researchers and, and um they haven't adequately answered that, uh, the, you know, regardless of how many letters they have after their name. So, uh, so I was smiling at the arrogance of me thinking I could. But interestingly, because on the ground, right, we are talking to men, right, where community organisations have access to the real everyday challenges and, and discussions. And, uh, you know, I, I have... Um, involvement in a number of men's groups and organisations. I and I ask those questions when I can. I have the serious conversations. So I would have to say we've reached a point in society where uh, the traditional supports have fallen away, and the exacerbating factors the the have that are causing the stress, anxiety, depression, and situational distress. Um, are actually increasing. So things like we know that men respond um, to, uh, with suicide to situations rather than, say, a diagnosed mental illness. Uh, so it's the anxiety of everyday challenges. And it can be accumulative. So if we look at, say, uh, the executive lifestyle where stress after deadline after stress after personal challenges work challenges, you know, all of these things come together. At some point, something will go wrong because that's the nature of life. How we deal with that, uh, that situation where something goes wrong, can be out of proportion to the situation because we have so few resources left after being under stress for so long. So our resilience and our coping skills are down, uh, the number of events that are going wrong in our lives are up and we don't have the traditional supports. I'll just throw you Rotary. I, I, I love Rotary and similar organisations, but I, w- I wonder, Ian, how is the um, the recruitment going, you know, over the last 10 years? Well, uh, to be honest, John, recruitment into Rotary is fairly uh, static, Um desperately needs to be more younger people coming into the organisation. There are some pathways. Uh, Rotaract is targeting younger people, but then they often, once they've uh, graduated from university or or are making their way up the career ladder, they get so distracted that they don't actually then uh, join Rotary again until very much later in their lives. Um, And so as an organisation, we have a need to 
attract mm. and retain members from an early age onwards. Yeah, and I, I think back to my father's time, uh, and you know, we spent time in sort of you know suburbs were more village like, and then and those local institutions like Lions or Rotary or um, you know uh, CWA or you know you know those institutions provided uh, both a, a social connection, a tethering feature, right? So you know you actually appeared, you um, you had connections, you had people who knew you, uh, who connected with you, who were concerned for your welfare if something was going wrong. So it was very difficult in those days to, to, to be isolated, right? Whereas now, <laughs> um, we've gone through a pandemic where personal isolation was at an all-time high in history, you know, you had to, previously, you would have had to have found a cave to find this level of kind of isolation. One quarter of all households in Australia are single-person single, single households. So if, not, if they can't leave the house and there's no one else in the house, it's very much just a very obvious definition of isolation. So anxious times for many. So this was John Millam on behalf of uh, uh, Mentoring Men. There's more to hear from John. My name is Ian Stewart. This program is Rotary Matters, and you're on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, um, the idea of the show is to put the spotlight on some of the activities of Rotary, um, and one of these is the Bobbin Head Cycle Classic, which I've spoken about many times before. This was a very successful fundraising event, which ran a couple of weeks ago, organised by four local Rotary clubs, had a lot of volunteers, over 500 volunteers working on it, including a bunch from Mentoring Men. And so I continued my conversation with John Millam from Mentoring Men, and I wondered about the demographics of the mentors. Mentoring Men, the organisation to which you belong, John Millam, where do you find the mentors? Um, and what sort yes. of age or qualification would they have and, and is the training available for them at all? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, it, it, it's a challenge. Fortunately, I think in terms of mentoring, it is there's something intrinsically attractive about mentoring for men, right? So I, I think personally we still feel the call of the campfire, right? You know, we still feel the desire to be on the village, you know, a be, to be a village elder and sit at the council, right? Uh, and I thank goodness because wonderful men out there who are finding a, a space in their life after having, say, many of them have dealt with some of those situational distresses um, and they've got over them, right, and they come to this point where that's hard-earned wisdom <laughs> and they feel like, you know, we're called to the council or to the campfire and they feel like it's time for them to give back. So there'll be, and there will be older members of the community, by and large? By and large, I'd, I'd have to say because there's a couple of reasons. First of all, there's that feeling I was just talking about. The second of all is the, the society's arranged so that the older you get, the, the more time you seem to have. Do you need it's a, interesting because a, while we're called to the campfire... Sorry, John, do you need any sorry, qualifications on. to be a mentor? No, no, you don't. Okay. Um, you do need to be a decent bloke um, <laughs> who wants to who wants 
who wants to give back and has the capacity to care for, for something, someone and to listen to someone. Now, that sounds uh, relatively low bar, but don't be uh, deceived. Um, we have a quite a rigorous training <laughs> entry, um, and one of the great challenges of that training for men is to give up some of that ego. Uh, you know, we're traditionally uh, trained to, um, to listen ineffectively and to, to express ourselves to over the top about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite an interesting journey, particularly because uh, you mentioned, do you need a qualification? You don't, but we are getting uh, men of amazing capacity and all an incredible experience. So we've, we've got lots of doctors and PhDs and, you know, masters of psychology and, and um, and accomplished businessmen, uh, we have um, you know CEOs, and we have good you know men who have built companies from the ground up, you know from being on the tools to running these companies, and we have tradies, we have young, we have men who are, are, are social workers, and um, and some of the younger men are the most inspiring. They're studying, and then they they want to practice their skills immediately and get out and make a difference or they're they're feeling like they've you know they've had the first kids and uh they they were inspired by their um uh, bumpy journey to help another man go through that who doesn't have the same support like they did you know so um we do get very qualified men but the qualification is as simple as can you suspend your judgment for the bet for the service of, of another man? Can you hold the space for him, which is not easy? Can you care for him regardless of where he, you know, what you, um, what he gives and brings? And can you listen to him, truly listen? And, and, and can you listen to him so strongly that he hears himself rather than anything you have to say? So, John, it sounds like a fabulous uh, service. Um, and as you indicate, uh, people come from right across the socioeconomic spectrum to be mentors. Um, is it operating on a national, a regional, or a very local basis? Can you give us an idea of the scale of mentoring men? Yeah. You know, so it's another great question because our scale, we, we were Sydney-centric. We were started by – Ian lived in um, – in Asquith, in north on the north shore of Sydney, and uh, he reached out, and that's where his network was. So that started to come out from there. So at the at a time we were very at risk of being a um, uh, a middle aged white organisation. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have spread our tendrils, so we still concentrate largest numbers in Sydney and Melbourne. But we have um, an increasing level of regional relationships being built through mentors and mentees. Uh, we have a presence in every state. Admittedly, uh, Tasmania and Perth only have a few mentors and mentees, but uh, we're we're looking to to build. It's a mo- it, it, it's taking some time to to develop uh, models that support regional growth. And that's our big challenge. And we're looking for help with that, with some of the uh, primary health networks. And uh, we're being supported strongly. Uh, we've got a, a project in Southwest Sydney 
that is really um, is really proving its metal, you know, and we're learning a lot from this project. That is 12 months of funding to innovative to bring innovation into the prevention space for for male suicide. So talking about real male suicide. Talk about funding. Do, do people pay, John, to be a mentor or a mentee? Absolutely free. Absolutely so free. everything we everything we offer to bring uh, those uh, volunteers and um, uh, clients into the world, uh, into the world of mentoring, is is uh, free of charge. And so, is the mentoring done exclusively face to face, or can some of it be done, like you and I are talking now, by Zoom? Mm. Yeah, we we had to be. Um, flexible, as they say, pivot our business model la- last year, which was, and it was interesting because we went to train online um, and we were firmly entrenched in face-to-face training because of the soft skills nature of it, you know, like we're talking about emotional competencies, really, and psychology. So, but it worked out f- famously. So training has really gone very well online and we've adapted our course content and processes so uh, the training's gone quite well and we've we're now delivering uh, suicide prevention as well as uh, mentee as well as masterclass workshops on on certain skills so that's all happening and it helps us spread uh, and and be diverse right so we've now got some we're looking at um bi, bi- language training and and support in terms of the the nature of mentoring itself, it really does depend on what the mentee is comfortable with and and, ne- and what requirements he has. So we have a lot of. I think personally, most men prefer to to most men prefer to catch up with their mentor or mentee. So I think you know face to face will always be a significant part of the mentoring relationship and, and, you know, in the future, setting up mentoring relationships. So there will be a local element required because, you know, no one wants to travel, you know, interstate to to catch up with someone. But what is good is that um, the, the technology, the last 12 months has really taught people that the te- a virtual connection is worthwhile. It's not a waste of time. So, you know, it may not be 100% of your preference, but if it gets to 80, you still gain a lot from this process. So uh, we now uh, have uh, regular mentoring relationships that combine uh, virtual face-to-face and even a a check-in phone call occasionally when when people are busy. So, you know, using all of the channels of communication and social media, of course, so just to keep up to date because we run forums and we keep people informed using whatever channels actually work. So I guess we're becoming a modern organisation, whether we like it or not. So. Possibly the pandemic had a bit of a silver lining in that it, it accelerated the use of um, remote contact between mentor and mentee in a, in a positive way. Um, Especially with the demographic that supports, yes. um, you know, so older, older men are, have embraced uh, the, the technology solutions in a way that they perhaps didn't have to before the pandemic. So, This was uh, John Millen having a chat with me just recently by Zoom about the agency that he's uh, working with, which is called Mentoring Men. It's, it's a great story, and uh, there's a bit more to come from John. 
It's Ian Stewart here on Triple H 100.1 FM. The programme is Rotary Matters. I was talking with um, John Millam of Mentoring Men, and I was curious to know how their services fit in with other well-known agencies uh, such as Lifeline and Beyond Blue. Where does Mentoring Men sit vis-à-vis other agencies in the mental health and counselling space such as Beyond Blue or Lifeline? So there there really is a hierarchy of organisations in this sector. And it's interesting, Ian, the the Victorian government have just put on on the table a long-awaited Royal Commission report on the state of mental health services in, in that state, in Victoria, but it is closely watched because of the ramifications it has for the sector across the country. Now, what it is telling, what it firmly reports to the world is what we've been saying all along, is our position, is that it's community that is the best delivery system for um, men's well-being. So uh, so the organisations like Beyond Blue, Black Dog, Lifeline, Wesley, um, they, they are fantastic. They've been well-funded. Uh, they're well-run, very, very powerful, efficient organisations. They've done an amazing job in building uh, awareness and developing resources, and they, their crisis response practice is best in in the world right or getting there and certainly we're open changes are being made now that are you know that are really going to be best practice that being said (laughs) my definition of prevention is the absence of something so while we have um, while we're while we're okay in responding to men's uh, crises we're not great at stopping them or catching them early, and we're only just getting into the area of helping them after. So, you know, so in the emergency room, you will get well looked after. In most cases, there are big holes, and we call it the missing middle of the of the organisation. So, um, if you are, if you're, um, if you're in a, a situation where you have some resources but not a lot of resources, you're almost not catered for. <laughs> you right. can't... Um, so, so the missing middle is a problem. Mm-hmm. And organisations, smaller organisations, have been filling in the gaps um, in the system for quite some time. So you get, um, you know, you've got about 5,000 on-the-ground kind of organisations... Organisations like Men Walk and Men's Table and Men's Shed is a famous one, um, and and they're being funded by other community organisations like uh, Head Above Water, Gotcha for Life, uh, and of course Rotary is a traditional funder for these things. So and and councils and and primary health networks. What what we want to do is to bring all of the amazing energy into that is happening in local areas for those kind of community um, programs, we want to bring them into a uh, into the landscape, you know, so everyone understands where each other is and we can start to plug in. So Mentoring Men is a one-on-one peer support program that happens over a longer period of time can absolutely fit into 
a man who comes out of, say, counselling or comes out of a, a crisis situation and then gets supported over time in a way that the current system can't provide. Right. John, and, we've, uh, got, we've got one minute left. I'd like to thank you very much for your time in sharing the Mentoring Men story. If any of our listeners wanted to pursue this, either with a view to becoming a mentor or a mentee, What's the easiest way for them to do that? Wow, one minute. Okay, <laughs> that's gone so fast. Um, the easiest way is our website, uh, right. and we have a one three hundred number. Um, if you go to the website, it's all there. You can get a bit of info, and you can give us a ring. We love to hear both um, for mentors and mentees. If and and uh, if you have someone you know who you think might actually benefit, there's a, a way to um, we call it tag a mate or refer refer a family member. And of course, um, you know, we're, we're um, keen, all men, you know, we don't, uh, we have a, a, a very diverse group of people. We're open to whatever, who, whatever faith or whatever culture or whatever history you have, where um, we uh, invite you in to, to either mentor or to be supported in some way as a mentee. But, so that, um, and I, I know, um, I'm not sure if I've got time, but I, I've just recently spoke to a to a mentor and a mentee and the mentor called me up and he said, look, I think you should talk to my mentee, you know, because I met him when he first came in. And he was a young man with a young family, very accomplished, right? But he was only, um, he'd only been into the, in the country a few years from Europe, uh, didn't have a great network, uh, had lost his job, uh, the end of the contract, and um, he was lost. You know, like he he, uh, he you know wasn't he was staying at home. He was getting unfit. He was feeling depressed. As a consequence, his relationship with his wife was breaking down. Uh, his kids were becoming sort of uh, impacted by that. He was really and I, I, he was heading to um, to some dark places. I thought. And I connected him with, with a local mentor that just was just down the road. It was fortuitous. I got a f- phone call from them and um, uh, the mentor was saying, look, I think you need to talk to him because I don't think he needs me anymore. And I rang him up and he's, he's, he's volunteering for two organisations. He's got part-time work the, as, the way he wants it. He's, he's back at uni doing another thing. His kids, his relationships firing he literally was a golden boy. <laughs> and I just thought that is, you know, that's a, you know, well, there are times where we've gone from homeless to, to, to hired in a, in a, a month as well. But this is just an everyday bloke who was just having a bad rough time and just connected with coffee and chats and, you know, the odd walk with a, a bloke down the road and it's turned everything around. And I just thought it's so easy, but it's so great, right? And that's what I love about mentoring men. And that's why I really encourage uh, men, you, there is something you can do and it starts with a conversation, right? And just having a, a bloke who cares to chat to can make all the difference in the world. So John, sorry I've, I've gone on. John, it's been lovely to talk with you this morning. I would just like to publicly acknowledge the support that mentoring men are giving us this weekend with the Rotary managed um, cycling event called the Bobo. Um, You've got a a team of people helping us marshalling, which is terrific. Listeners, remember, um, go to uh, the website, 
Mentoring Men for more information. John, congratulations to you for everything that you're doing and taking the time to share the Mentoring Men story with us this morning. It's been a great pleasure to meet you. It's been my pleasure, Ian, and thank you so much for the time. And of course, the incredible history of work that Rotary's done, I just love it. So, well done.